the king's table. Pray for me, y'all. James Cone, in his book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, writes in his heyday that lynching of black Americans was no secret. It was a public spectacle, often announced in advance in the newspapers and over radios, attracting crowds up to 20,000 people. An unspeakable crime, it is a memory that most white Americans would prefer to forget. For African Americans, he writes, the memory of disfigured black bodies swinging in the southern breeze is so painful that they too try to keep these horrors buried deep down in their consciousness until like a dormant volcano, they erupt uncontrollably causing profound agony and pain. But as with the evils of chattel slavery and the Jim Crow segregation, blacks and whites and other Americans who want to understand the true meaning of the American experience need to remember lynching. To forget the atrocity leaves us with a fraudulent perspective of this society and of the meaning of the Christian gospel for this nation. There ends his quote. Perhaps the recent public lynching of George Floyd was a wake up call and a reminder to complacent content have already made it African Americans that in 2020, public lynchings still happen and are possible and that in eight minutes and 46 seconds, a black man in America can be publicly lynched by white police officers that get to go home to their families, eat dinner with their families, and go to bed without disturbance while the victim's family struggle with disbelief, grief, loss, and restlessness while pondering the question that has become all too familiar among African Americans, where do we go from here? You may be pondering what this has to do with the text before us. Well, for every male of every race, particularly African American males that have been oppressed or marginalized, the text is helpful from two perspectives. First, a low social economic status does not disqualify or exempt you from being a valued guest at the king's table. Amen, Amen somebody. Amen. Secondly, the possibility of discovery, restoration, and recompense rests in God's hand and through God's divine will. Although this story is about keeping a covenant promise between David and his deceased friend Jonathan, the son of Saul, the deceased king of Israel, the real, invisible, divine main character orchestrating the events of the text is God. Aren't you glad that God orchestrates our lives? Who eyes a laser focus on a real-life ghetto located in a place named Lodabar. According to biblical historians, Lodabar was a ghetto east of the Jordan. In Lodabar, men do not have a good image of themselves. In Lodabar, because of economic and social disparities, perhaps life expectancy is compromised because there is no welfare system, no federal food stamp program, no reputable medical clinics available, no up but social mobile educational resources 
that would assist a young man or a young woman to strive to move out of or beyond Lodabar. No challenge for change is promoted because the powers that be have their knee on the necks of the people, thereby snuffing out any possibility of the hope. And Lodabar hoped that perhaps resided in the community, took a vacation and never returned. And Lodabar people bottle for survival the best way they can. And Lodabar, Mephibosheth, considers his worth his value is less than the value of a dead dog. He is a microcosm of most of the folk that lived in Lodabar. For all intents and purposes, the worldview regarding George Floyd's life, who came out of the third ward of Houston, Texas, was not worth supposedly a counterfeit $20 bill. Mephibosheth's life was not valued above that of a dead dog. Y'all ought to say amen. That is the prevailing thought of the underprivileged and that resided in Lodabar. Hear the words of Mephibosheth put forth before King David. Then he bowed and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Uh, we African American ought to identify with this story. In other words, Mephibosheth is physically lame in both feet, is dependent upon someone else to help him navigate his way through daily activities. His previous fortunes have been stripped away. Sounds like when they took us from Africa, right? From him by no fault of his own, and he has become a social misfit in a ghetto of Lodabar. And Lodabar, hope, possibility, opportunity, and ability have been hijacked by hopelessness, despair, and desperation. Mephibosheth's story reminds me of another young man raised in the third ward of Nazareth when he walked about the streets of his hometown. People questioned his identity. As some inquired when he claimed to be God's son, isn't he the son of Joseph the carpenter? Others stated, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I don't want to keep you too long on today. Most of us are still in pandemic mode. Our attention span and patience have grown a little shorter. But we still need to remember that we have a charge to keep and a God to glorify. We still are called to lift up Jesus, even amid pandemic pain and utter confusion. We still must remain on the battlefield for the Lord. So on today, men, on this men's day, I want to encourage you to keep your head lifted, even if you are in a low-to-bar kind of mood, even if you are in a low-to-bar state of mind, even if you're in a low-to-bar location. Keep your head lifted because God has a place for you at the king's table. And I'm not talking about an earthly king. I'm talking about the divine king. I'm talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There is a king of kings and a Lord of lords that resides in the heaven and he looks low. He is a king that leans low to the earth with his ears attuned to the cries of his people. Amen, somebody. And at this king's table, there's plenty good room. You don't need a reservation. A yes, Lord, will do. You don't have to Zoom him or conference call him because he is God over every pandemic. 
and he has healing in his wings. At the king's table. Oh yeah, that's where right wrong is made right. That's where the upside down situations of life are turned up right at the king's table. There's peace at the king's table. There's joy at the king's table. There's hope and help at the king's table. And I'm mighty glad for the king's table. I don't have to wait on no human being to make a way for me because I heard the old folks say he'll make a way out of no way. Ain't you glad about it today that you serve a God that's in the midst of pandemic? He's still able to take care of your needs. He's still able to meet your needs. He's still in charge of everything that's going on. At least I keep you too long and get too happy. You know, I've been away from the pulpit for a while. And Lord knows that I'm just happy on this morning. At the king's table, there is no racism, no ageism, no discrimination. So the question becomes, thank you, Holy Ghost. What does Mephibosheth's story teach us about God? Because it's really not about Mephibosheth and David. What it is is a metaphor, a model for us to look at because there is a king of kings. There is a lord of lords who still, they say, in heaven is his his throne and the earth is his footstool. Aren't you glad that you serve a God? That all the way from heaven to earth, he's able to take care of everything you need. So what does Mephibosheth's story teach us about God? The first thing I want you to remember, you must realize that God is a God of low-debar circumstances and situations. This means that God knows how to locate or find you even in Lodabar. Hear the words of the text. And the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. According to society, George Floyd was a product of Lodabar. Rather than being looked at as being created in the image of God, he was seen as a product of the third ward of Houston, Texas. Rather than being seen as fearfully and wonderfully made, some viewed him as a man of many mistakes and troubles. Many saw his struggle, but not his humanity. Men, what I want you to understand as you leave here today is that your God and my God is not afraid of traveling to the ghetto to remind you that God created you for purpose. And if God has a goal to load a bar, to remind you of his purpose, your destiny, God will put God's self at risk to locate you and find you and usher you into that purpose. That's a good God who doesn't mind going to Lodabar, doesn't mind going to the ghetto, doesn't mind sitting with sinners, doesn't mind uh, being ridiculed for the sake of one. Because the word says he leaves the 99 and goes to look for the one. Lodabar, Lodabar is not, Lodabar is not as bad as some folk would say. I'm mighty glad that God will put himself at risk and will travel low the bar to bring you out of trouble. God will put God's self at risk 
to locate you and remind you of purpose. And even in death, George Floyd death for the Christian should cause our minds to revisit Calvary, to remind us that the poor and the oppressed have always been subject to public lynching. According to James Cone, and I quote, both the cross and the lynching tree represented the worst in human beings and at the same time, an unquenchable ontological thirst. In other words, you might hang me. You can't. You might do a whole lot of things to me. You might beat me down, but you can't rob me of my spirit. And that's good news. For a life that refuses to let the worst determine our final meaning. In other words, just because I've had a bad, bad experience doesn't mean that, that that's the destiny of my life. It's just part of the journey. And we got to look at our mistakes and failures as part of the journey. It does not determine who we can become. Because we are the product of divine hands. And God is able to change the trajectory of our life and put us on a different path. I'm glad about it. Anybody glad about it? So don't ever let a mistake bury you and make you feel like because you made a mistake, you cannot be elevated from that mistake. God is good, y'all. Secondly, remember that God put himself at risk and has reserved a seat for you at the king table. Hear the text. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. In Lodabar, Mephibosheth had no clue that God was stirring the heart of the king to locate and ordain a place for him perpetually to be provided for. And so stop worrying about how you're going to make it. Stop worrying about what you're going to do tomorrow. The word says tomorrow will take care of itself. Live in today the best that you can. And when tomorrow comes, the same God that was with you in today will be with you in tomorrow. Amen, somebody. In other words, at the king's table, Mephibosheth would be provided for because of a covenant between David and Jonathan. This covenant would become a foreshadow of the covenant made between Jesus and the believer, our covenant maker. Jesus has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. He's promised through the written word that if God be for us, then he's more than the world against us. That's a shout right there. Amen. The cross at Calvary shows us the extreme measures that God put himself through just to save you and I. For John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. In the words of James Cone, both the cross and the lynching tree were symbols of terror, instruments of torture and execution reserved primarily for slaves, criminals, and insurrectionists, the lowest of the low in society. And as black people, we may be looked at as the lowest of low of society, but if the truth be told, black people made the world go round. You know, a lot of things, black people helped build the White House, black people helped build the railroad, black people helped build this country. It is built on the backs of black folk. So you ought to give yourselves a hand. We got to get to know our history and know who we are so that when people
people try to put us down, we can stand up and raise our hands up. For Christ I live, for Christ I die. Men, I want you to remember that God put himself at risk for you and reserved a seat for you at the king's table. And one thing about it, can't nobody take that seat away from you. If you live right, they used to sing in the old church, heaven belongs to you. If you pray right, heaven belongs to you. And so you got to just know that you got to walk in faith, continue to walk in faith and know that you have a seat at the king's table. And finally, you must recognize that God will restore your losses in God's own timing. Hear the text. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul that your grandfather and you shall eat bread at my table continually. And I'm so glad he is the bread of life. I'm so glad he is the one who was slain that we might live. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that this God still lives. And because he still lives, I can live because he still lives. You can live. There is a seat at the king's table for you. Not only did David keep his covenant that he made with Jonathan, he's promised Mephibosheth that as long as you live, you will always be taken care of. As long as you live, you'll be provided for whatever your needs are. I'll meet the need. And so you got to look up, men, today. Lift your head above the sky. You know, God created you in his image, and he created you for purpose. And I don't know, care how many mistakes you make. I don't care how many people look down their nose at you. God still has a place reserved at the table for you. And I'm glad about it this morning. Men, today, rest assured that if you remain faithful to God, God will stand with you in both the good and the bad times. That's good news, y'all. God will restore to you those things the enemy has taken from you, your reputation, your possessions, your relationships that are beneficial to you. The cross restores fallen humanity's right relationship with God. The cross, the lynching tree of Jesus, points to hope. That in this life, possibility of resurrection and restoration remains to all of us. Even folk that reside in Lodabar, a ghetto. I'm glad that he'll come to the ghetto to find me. I'm glad in ghetto situations he doesn't look at me according to who I am. That God looks at me through the lens of Jesus. Aren't you glad that when people see you, you got to know that when pe may, people may see you one way, but when God looks at you, yeah. he looks at you through the eyes of Jesus, Amen. the one that was slain for you, the one that was slain for me. In the words of James Cone, the cross can heal and hurt. It can be empowering and liberating, but also enslaving and oppressive. There's no way in which the cross can be interpreted. There's no, not one way in which the cross can be interpreted. He says, I offer my reflections because I believe that the cross placed alongside the lynching tree 
can help us see Jesus in America in a new light and dare empower people who claim to follow him and take a stand against white supremacy and every kind of injustice. And I'm glad about it, y'all. The empty tomb of Christ symbolizes that violence and death proves that injustices, injustice has no power over justice. Justice laid down in a tomb late on one Friday in Palestine because injustice seemed to have the upper hand and the last word. All day Saturday, injustice paraded itself around as the victor. But early on Sunday morning, injustice was put in its place and justice ran down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. And your God and my God rose from the chilly clutches and grip of the grave with all power in his hand. Power over death, hell, and the grave. And because he lives, you are living. Because he lives, I'm living. And I'm so glad that we can sing that old song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. And I'm so glad about the God that we have a God. And you and I have a place at the king's table. So the next time somebody tries to stare you down and make you feel like you're less than, yeah. know that you are more than a conqueror yes, through Christ Jesus who gives you the strength. Yeah. Know that you can do all things all through things. Christ yes, who gives you the strength. Yeah. Know that you are the head and not the tail. Yeah. You're above and not beneath. You got to take that attitude that I am somebody. And you got to let people know and look them dead in the eye of the trail that I am somebody. When they try to stare you down and make you feel like you less than neither, you got to look folk in the eye and tell them, I am somebody. I'm the king's kid and I can do all things through Christ. And old folk, we got to do the same thing. We got to straighten up our back and hold our heads up and dare the devil to stand in our sacred space because God has given us the power to put the devil to flight. And that's good news today. I'm going to leave it alone. But God is good and God is worthy of glory and praise and honor. And I'm glad about it. Amen, amen, amen.